Most of us never learned how to train our brains, which is why most of us needlessly settle, struggle, and worse, suffer. My name is Chris Doris, and I want to make brain training mainstream. This is my series, Tough Talks, Conversations on Mental Toughness. I'm interviewing badasses from all walks of life on what mental toughness means to them and their unique approaches to strengthening their minds. Hey everyone, welcome back to Tough Talks, Conversations on Mental Toughness, and I am your host, Chris Doris, and our guest today is Dr. Fred Blum. I've known Fred for several years now. I met him initially, and we were both students in my former coach, uh, Steve Chandler's uh, coaching school, which is now called Advanced Coaching Systems, ACS. <clears throat> it's all about, it's for coaches who are interested in building, a, you know, taking their successful pra coaching practice to badass, badassery, <laughs> to, to a truly um, lucrative level, and, and Fred has certainly done that. <clears throat> and and um, Fred's got a really fascinating background. He has degrees in both psychology as well as chiropractic, and uh, he the kind of chiropractic that he practiced was called Network Spinal Analysis, NSA. And, and he, he mentioned somewhere uh, that that's not as much about like, you know, adjustments, right? Physical adjustments as it is about personal transformation. That's really what he's about. That, that is, is what he's about is, is personal transformation. We're going to go deep. I know that in advance. I can comfortably say that. Well, of course we are. Uh, Fred's a deep dude. Fred is, he's like, he's very monk-like. He really, he's so brilliant. He's funny as hell. And, um brilliant beyond description and he's really going deep these days i love what he's he's digging into like i suspect we're going to get into stuff like i mean we're going to talk he's going to talk we are going to talk about the illusion of the separate self uh non-duality consciousness um and all that kind of stuff and the reason i know that in advance is because we haven't talked about that that's where we're going uh this is what happened <clears throat> two weeks ago I was just logging into Facebook, and I and there was a pop an announcement popped up that said Fred Blum is is on Facebook Live is going live now. Now, I, like I've never done face I've never done a Facebook Live broadcast. I don't even know if that's what it's called, uh, and I don't watch them either. I've maybe watched a couple. I maybe watched a couple of Jason Goldberg's because he's amazing, um, and 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 a close buddy of mine. And, and I, those are always worthwhile. But uh, he actually was the only one until this that I've ever watched. Till Fred's, all right? So I saw it popped up, so I clicked on it. And and the next thing, 18 minutes later, that's it was exactly about it. Well, it was, exa it was exactly about, <laughs> it was precisely somewhat like 18 minutes long. And I was in rapture. I was actually taking notes and I was blown away. I'd never experienced that, uh, that side of Fred before. Because uh, we really are conversations in history were more about developing our coaching practices and really just laughing together, you know. So um, we had never really gone super deep. And, and I watched him do that, and I was blown away uh, because I think what he was – delete, I think, right there, what he was discussing, and he was having – he was being interviewed by a guy named Louis Brantmeyer, and what they were discussing, really what um, – well, uh, what Fred was – responding to or discussing was I, I what i believe is at the core of uh human suffering really um and the core of um well you could say enlightenment really you could say that i don't know if he'll say that but uh anyway so after that after i watched that i i thought uh, we have to have fred on so i begged him and i didn't, I didn't really need to beg because he's amazing and very gracious and he agreed so he, he's here waiting for us. Let's not keep him waiting any longer. Let's go find Fred. There he is, Dr. Fred Blum. What's up, man? Hey, Vinny. How you doing? Best day Good of my life. You. Yeah, you too. <laughs> see you, man. Yeah. Look, right I'm going to jump too. right in here because I know, like, we're going to roll here. I got a feeling because I, you know, I just re-watched the Facebook Live session that you had with Oh, you. yeah. Louis uh, Brantmeyer a couple weeks ago, yeah. which is really what um, inspired me to contact you instantly and ask you if you would bless me with your presence and us with your presence and your <laughs> wisdom. Because, uh, dude, I, first of all, I never watch Facebook live sessions. I just, I don't, I did not got into it ever. I ha and as synchronicity would have it, I had just logged into Facebook 
all right? And bing, I get a notification that you're going live. I'm like, no shit. Fred's going live. Let's check out what Fred's got going on. And, and I mean, it's literally, that was the first one that I've ever, ever done. Yeah, you Because I don't want to, I don't want to do that stuff. Yeah, what, what do you need that shit yeah. for? Well, <laughs> except maybe the miracles that come of it. And, yeah, no kidding, right. And I thought, you know, I'll check in and I'll you know, listen for a second and move on to whatever I was doing. Because I had no idea what, what you were what you're up to and um <clears throat> and why you were doing that and and so i happened to to click in at the very beginning of that right and it was 18 minutes long and i at the end i was like fuck i wanted to go longer i was like why are you stopping this is, <laughs> so, you know well, was, here's I, our chance i was in here and here's our chance to elaborate right right Right. So that, that was um, in preparation, or I guess it was a sort of a, I don't know, it was a kind of like a commercial for um, an event that you participated in recently. It's actually uh, coming up uh, February oh, the 10th. I hear this though, I know. And that, by oh, the, got it, okay. That people hear this, it will have already passed. Fair enough. Yeah, so it, it happened, and it was what's is it called Empowering Austin Now Conscious Entrepreneurship. That's it. 12? I think it's number 12. Yeah, I haven't. This is my first time participating in it, but I think so it's you're a presenter. 12. So you're okay. I'm a wow. presenter there. Yeah, that's cool, man. Well, yeah, that's just a few days away at the time of this recording. So yeah. I hope that I hope that's it's going. Of course, it's going to go amazing for you. And, and, and the people that are going to be in attendance of that are, are, uh, are very fortunate to have you. So let's start with this because this is this is a comment that you made that inspired me to write it down. And, and I actually, I posted in the, in the um, I made a comment, right, uh, that that was a mic drop moment. Oh, okay. And, and here it is. There is no happiness to be found in the separate self. I'm going to act like I have no idea what the hell that means. I, in yeah. fact, I probably I don't have any damn idea, idea what that means. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, like... Let's try and like back up a little bit yeah. so that, that that comment will make sense in context. Good for you. All right. Um, I mean, really, what, what are we saying here? That, you know, if we're going to talk about a separate self, the alternative to that, you might say, would be uh, what I might call true nature. In other words, I think everyone, you know, I suspect your listeners especially would agree that, that there is a, a certain aspect of who we are that is really the truth, like it's, it's really who we are behind the facade, behind the, the masks and the personality and all that stuff. And we call that true nature, I might call it consciousness. I mean, really, um, it's, it's the essence of who we actually are. Okay. And uh, that truly is the only place that happiness, peace, love, clarity, abundance, that's really the source of that and it's the only place that we could truly find it in a sustainable way. Mm. So the separate self is the ego. It's the personality, you know, it's, it's the identity that we build over a lifetime. Mm. And um, the, the very nature of the ego is constant seeking, endless seeking, and essentially dissatisfaction. You know, like we might get a moment of happiness. You know, you achieve a goal, something maybe that you've been working on for a long time and you go, woo, I made it. And then how long does that last? Mm -hmm. How long does that happiness remain? You know, so, very uh, very impermanent, very, right? Very I mean, exactly. Um, and what, what was the quote that you were referring to again? Uh, there's no happiness in the, there is no happiness to be found in the separate self. Right. And, and maybe we'd modify that into say very transient, very temporary happiness, but nothing sustainable. You know, it's just not there. So if we, if, if what we seek is happiness and that really is all that we seek, uh -huh. then we have to know where to look, where are we going to find it? We're not going to find it in the separate self period. In the separate self. So can you define a little bit more about what that means? The, the, the term separate self? Sure. It, it, it comes from like, again, if we look at it in terms of its opposite, um, Oh, you know, good. our nature is oneness. Who we are is, um, okay, let's, let's look at it like a metaphor. Um, so right now, um, I'm looking at you on a screen, and 
there's a little box here for me and there's a little box here for you. Mm-hmm. And it appears from the nature of the screen that we're separate. But the reality of life is not separation. The reality of life is oneness. Mm-hmm. So if you go back behind the boxes and the appearance on the screen, the screen itself is is more of a, an example of who we actually are. Behind the, there's like this line, I'm pointing like you guys can see where I'm pointing, but like this line of separation between us on the screen. I think they can see what, exactly what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I'm recording it as that. So you're actually oh, cool. recording that I'm doing is you're directly above me, which is a problem. Yes, so I see two separate boxes, but in reality, back behind that, the screen itself doesn't see it as duality, doesn't see it as two. It's just one screen that we're both on. And at some point, we'll be done with this interview, and the images of you and I will dissolve back into the screen. And that's the oneness, the the pure consciousness that we all share. Hmm. And that's, that's, again, that's the truth of who we are. That is the space of love and peace and clarity that we have access to every moment of our lives. That's really now, interesting. Okay, go ahead, keep going. Well, I was just, so the contrast is the separate self, right? The separate self is the appearance of one here, one here. So we're, we have the illusion of separateness. And that illusion of separateness, not just separate from you, right? But separate from everything. Again, separate from peace and clarity. Separate from everything that I think that I want. So what do I have to do then? I have to constantly seek and strive to try and get it from something in the world. That's why there's no happiness there because it's always at best going to be temporary. That's very fascinating. So in my very limited understanding of the workings of the brain, the parietal lobes, which are the sides of our brains, Mm -hmm. right? We have the left and right parietal lobes. Uh, They permit us to uh, do what's called spatial relationships, right? So like I know where, so I'm taking notes as you speak, right? And I know where the pen ends and where the paper starts. So I'm not like mm. going to write something. I'm not going to that. <laughs> or, you know, I'm not falling short and writing in air because I so right. it, no. It's so, but what it seems like that's doing though, it, although it permits me to function physically in the world, it seems to be also uh, reinforcing the illusion that I'm not. I'm not this paper. Yeah. I'm not that tree. I'm not you. I'm not this microphone. Right. What the hell is that supposed to mean? I'm, I'm come on. Yeah. I'm CD. I mean, you're Fred. Right. And I end at the end of my skin. Yeah. Right. And then there's whatever, you know, okay. thousands of miles, right, between you and I at the moment. That's right. Whatever is between yeah. Texas, Austin, Texas, and Arizona. And then, then you begin over at your skin. Right. Except, that, except you know, that's just not, the, that's not who we are. Who we are is we're all connected in the background. And then we create these boxes that look like me and you. And that's okay. It's not, I'm not implying that we shouldn't have a, an identity. In fact, you need this. You need this thing called an ego to get along out here in what I call the objective world. You need it. In the, okay. Mm-hmm. But the objective world is this world of separation, okay, where everything looks separate from us, like you say, with the pen and everything else. You know? yeah. um, so the, the goal isn't necessarily to to obliterate the ego, you know, some spiritual traditions or whatnot say, Oh, you have to destroy your ego. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think we need an ego if we're going to live in this world. Okay. But, but it's kind of like, you know, being in the world, but not of the world. Oh yeah. That's something. Yeah. 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 You mentioned that in that conversation too. Okay. Yeah. That's, would you please elaborate on that? Yeah. I mean, world, but not of the world. Being in the world and not of this is a, a quote from Jesus, uh, and I don't I can't quote the specific scripture, but it's you know what we're saying is that you're in the world, okay? We're living in this three dimensional objective world. We have to deal with it every day. We deal with other people that think they're separate. You know, we we all agree to stop at stop signs and all this kind of stuff, right? But not of the world. We know. And, and we'll get to this, but more than just intellectually, we know that we are more than that. And that's the key. So, 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 we're not, so we are in the world. We are not of the world. What are we of? We are consciousness. We are pure awareness, oneness. That is who we are. 
we are what's behind the boxes on the screen, not the screen. It's not the, the illusion of separateness that we see. We're the space behind that. You know, another way to say that is um, in, in some spiritual traditions, they have a process called neti neti. Have you heard of this? Yeah, but not for a really mean, long time. I don't even remember what that means. It's, it's, it means essentially you are not this. You are this. So you might say, um, you know, you are not your body. You are not your thoughts. You are not your feelings. You are not your job. You are not, you know, your uh, personality. Mm-hmm. All these things that we identify with, or that we think of who we are. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we are not those things. Who we are, in essence, is the space in which all of those things occur. We are the space in which our thoughts occur. How do you know that? Well, can you be aware of your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, right? Of course. You can be aware. Can, can I mean, you that, be aware? Yeah, that's a fundamental element of all the, 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 the coaching that I do is helping people become, exactly. is A, know that that's true, and B, strengthen your ability to do that so you can do something with it. Exactly. So if you can be aware of the thoughts, then there is an awareness behind them. You can't be the thoughts if you can be aware of them simultaneously. Nice. Right? You can't be your body if you can be aware of your body. So who you are, and I know, I realize that this is probably a little tricky for people at first when they hear it because we're so identified. Our conditioning is so strong. That tells us, no, I am this. I am my body. We've been taught that this is who we are. So when I say you're not this, but you're the awareness of these things, that's who you are. You are, you are literally the awareness of these things. Well, when you get that on the deepest level, Fred, then what does that free you up from? Like, why is, um, what does that, well, I'm gonna, yeah, I'll stick with the first articulation. What does that free you up from? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't, I'm not even sure if I can answer it in exactly the terms of your question, but I'll try. It's, Feel free to rephrase it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, and the reason I, I'll, I'll elaborate on that is because it's not a from, you see? Because when you suggest, which again is, is completely normal in the, in the cultural language, language itself, by the way, is very difficult here because language is designed to express duality. You see? So already we have a problem. This is a setup. We're, We're screwed. screwed. <laughs> <laughs> From the beginning. Okay, thanks, everyone. You know, thanks for joining. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, the, the Tao Te Ching, right? Lao Tzu, very first line in the Tao Te Ching, which some of your listeners may be familiar with, you know, the basis of Taoism and things like that, uh, is the Tao that can be spoken of is not the true Tao. Mm. You can't articulate it in words. It is the, and that's, again, the separate self, which is where language exists, cannot go into oneness. It can't go there. So it can't, language doesn't go there. The personality, the ego, can't go into oneness. So it's very important to say it's not about feeling more peaceful in your ego. It's about... It's about experiencing glimpses, right? It's, it's, a, it's a glimpse of something beyond the ego. But so you asked the question a moment ago, what does that um, free me from or something like yeah, that, if right? I, if I, if, yeah, so, uh, so the question again was something like, well, this is the, the way I'm thinking of the question right now. Okay. Um, when I am capable of remembering that I am not separate from, that I'm not mm-hmm. separate um, from anything, right? Mm-hmm. Then, then what does that permit me to no longer experience and rather to experience? Now that's a, that's a different wording. And I would say that's a more accurate wording. I'm learning okay. from you. I'm a, I'm yeah. a <laughs> but so I want to go back to the other one for a second, just to make the distinction, yeah. right? So if we say, what does it free me from? Yes. This is oh, what I was wow. talking about language. That right. you see, now it makes from sense. Separate, right? in, ah, it yes. expresses duality, yes. right? Like me, it you, automatically it says. Sets me from the other thing. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So then, then how, what was my second articulation? <laughs> it's hard to remember the exact. Does it relieve me of? It's still separate. I don't know. Well, you know, here's the thing. Again, what does it permit me? Ego, when I said the second articulation was, what does it permit me to experience? To, to no longer. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. To experience. Yeah. And so, I mean, let's be honest. Okay. The the point of this, I said this before, is not to try and somehow live 
egoless, to live without any sense of separation. And because you can't function in this world, it's not an option to do that. You wouldn't be able to drive your car or anything. Yeah. yeah. So, but when you get a glimpse of what I'm talking about, and it's very important to understand this, um, is that this is an experiential thing. It's not like just an intellectual concept. Oh, okay, good. I'm one. We're all one. Cool. Excellent. Let's let's go out now and party. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, and, and we experience that, um, like I say, for just a glimpse. And, and like, you know, so for example, when I work with clients, the objective is to string together enough of those glimpses over time that my currently, the best way I can articulate this is that the percentage begins to shift. You percentage know? of what? Percentage of uh, ego, separate self identification versus true self identification or, you know, true nature. Which is one. It's like a percentage, right? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So like in one side of the equation, you're like 100% an ego. You are totally immersed in the objective world. You think that you know that, that everything you see and touch is all there is. You know, mm. you have no sense of any reality beyond what your senses tell you. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And probably, whether you recognize it or not, you're probably suffering because. You're as far as you can get from who you are. You know, that's, that's what suffering is ultimately. Yeah, I don't remember where I read this, but uh, you're reminding me right now. You're reminding me of a lot of things, and a few of them I want to bring up. One is the, the, the quote, tell me if you know who this is, but uh, all of a man's suffering arises from the separate self. Hmm. No, I haven't heard that quote. I mean, but, but Buddha, you know, the Buddha said life is suffering. And I don't know if I'm going to get it all four. He had four key points. I don't know what he called them in Buddhism and all life is suffering and all suffering comes from striving, you know, That's which is the same thing we're saying. Yeah. From striving. And what, and the, and the from separate striving. self yeah. is what it strives. You see, not the, 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 the true nature is already whole. It is complete. There is nowhere to get to. It is infinite. There is no striving in the true self, only in the ego. You know, that's, you know, what's really fascinating about that is that, you know, I do a lot of work with athletes, right? Mm-hmm, and right. when they're, when they're in the zone, exactly. I'm hearing what you're saying. Like, that's what it is. Like if I ask that's an it. athlete to describe a peak performance, they're, they're not using that, your language, but they're making the same point. Sure. Well, and actually yeah. they don't use the same language. So I say, was it hard? Were you struggling? They said, no, there's no strike. Yeah. No. In fact, they're like surprised. Like, like even a well, musician, like they're saying, not even a music, including musicians, like they talk about mm-hmm. like riffing, like a guitarist, and like, dude, the guitar is playing itself, man. Yeah, it's like emerging, right? Suddenly you're uh-huh. not separate from your activity. You're not separate from your playing. You're not separate from your event, your sports event. Yeah. And you lose your ego somehow in the experience of that. It happens, I'm sure you experience this um, in coaching with, with clients. There are moments when you disappear. Yeah, the oh, words yeah. come out of your mouth and you're like, holy shit, that was brilliant. I don't even know where that came from, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, of course. Know? That and happens to me all the time. Every oh, minute. Course, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's I all it. I do. I, I, totally, I totally get it. Um, yeah. I, but I mean, and I think that probably, you know, most, many of your listeners anyway can, can understand that, can say, yeah, there's been moments in my life. You know, if you're a parent, we might lose ourselves in our children for for a moment you know and you know it's the same thing recent have you by any chance seen the documentary heal H-E-A-L? yeah a long time it's it's is that a no, new it's, one it's or very is it, new it's very, very yeah yeah okay i don't think i've seen the new one but we were talking about that's what it was the were we? okay so yeah yeah uh, so one of my recent guests uh, on tough talks was um kelly noonan gores who is the woman who wrote directed and and um produced it and um and we got so after we hung up i was like wow that was amazing dialogue and i had some questions Uh, or maybe it was during the dialogue i don't remember but anyway this is one of the questions i had for her is have you ever heard actually i think it was in the the recorded conversation have you ever heard and let me ask you i'll just ask you the question have you (laughs) ever heard of uh a near-death experience that was unpleasant have you ever heard anyone that had (laughs) have you ever no, I haven't. It's a funny question because you think, nope. Yeah, you know, I never have, and she never has. And she's, I mean, that's like, there's a lot of That's people. her thing, yeah. Well, it's one of her things. But it, but it right. is one of the, it's a thing, 
it is the thing of one of her guests in the, in the documentary. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, now that's interesting, right? Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I mean, so the, one of the guests, one of the talking the, about what we're saying here. It's the same thing, right? It's a, that's yeah. right. Exactly. That's why it's coming up for me. Is that mm-hmm. um, one of the the folks in the documentary? Her name is Anita Morangi, Morjani, 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 right? Morjani. Yeah, she's got this book yeah. out, which I just got. I'm just about to start, which is Dying to Be Me. Right. So she had a near death experience, and in, in, in her experience, so she had stage four uh, lymphoma. She had all these tumors right. around her neck and all down her torso, and she was she went into a coma. She was on her deathbed, and she had a near death experience, and then and it was so pleasant. She said she had a visit really with her father, her deceased father, who uh, with whom she had had a very estranged relationship forever in her life. But in this experience, there was nothing but unconditional love and connectedness. Right. And he said, you know, you're you're not done. The communication was like, you know, you're, you haven't fulfilled your mission. And she said, I don't want to go back into that shit. <laughs> it's like, I this is amazing. That. That's fascinating. It's like this, why? But why do I want to leave this? Right. Kind of like what you would think of a description of like heaven. And mm-hmm. um, he said, well, your, your mission is unfulfilled. He said, well, I'll tell you what, if I'm going back in there, I'm healing. And she did. Now that's a separate subject. But the, the point that I'm bringing up now is the pleasantness of the experience. And it reminds me of another, you are reminding me of another experience. So you keep saying this is not, this can't be grasped intellectually. It needs to be understood experientially. So I, I thought of, um, when you said that, an experience that I had that I've written about, haven't published yet, but wrote about. And it was an experience, my first ever trip to Cabo, which was a week of hell for me. And I won't get into the details. I'll just say it was a week of self-created suffering, if, as if there's any other kind. <laughs> right. But at the end of it, at the very, very end of an amazing roller coaster ride of an experience, this unbelievable drama that I create, co-created for myself during that week, at the end of which culminated into this miraculous moment. And I mean it was miraculous. I was standing up. Uh, I had extended my stay, which was a paradox because it was hell. And I had this amazing day alone out on a fishing boat when we were coming in from fishing. I came in early because I'm like, we're good. And the, the, the boat owner's like, really? It's just a half a day. You paid for a full day. I'm like, brother, we are fine. And you're keeping all the fish. And I'm like, wow, I was just serene. And, and true story, there were manta rays swimming in the rays on, on, in the waves on either side of our boat as we were coming back in, like escorting us. It was bizarre. Mm-hmm. So then that night, I'm out at one of my favorite hangouts that I established down there. Standing upstairs, they have an open roof, it was a full moon, and something happened. And what washed over me was a, a, an experience of peacefulness, right. serenity, needlessness, love, compassion, and connectedness. I've never exactly. said it like that before. I've never said it like that before. Yeah, yeah. But, but I'm thinking, I'm going back into it, I'm like, that, like nothing could be better. I was looking out front and there's like groups of, you know, tourists walking by and, you know, taking pictures of this, this famous establishment, you know, and, and I just had nothing but love for every one and everything. Exactly. It was, and it was, a, it was an epiphany that obviously this is like 10 years ago. I'll never forget. Maybe even longer. Yeah. And, and that's who we are. This is what I'm suggesting is that, you know, it's not, and, and here's, it's a really important thing to see is it doesn't always, it's not always that dramatic, you know, with the moon and the, the manta rays and everything, right? Because then we seek. Why not? We try and, yeah, why not? I know. It's, or maybe it doesn't seem not. fair. Yeah. Well, I mean, but well, that's I, it, right? It's like in Zen, they say like people become enlightened and they call, literally the term is nothing special, you know? Wow. Like you just wake up and you go, oh, here I am, you know? And it, it doesn't, because it's, it, it, I mean, look, it's great. We all love the experiences where the moon and all that stuff, that's cool. But we can confuse the experience and like the trappings of the experience yeah. with really what it's pointing to, which is. And what, yeah, yeah, go ahead. What is it pointing to? Well, I mean, you know, it's hard to describe. It's what we've been saying all along, but it's the experience of the truth, the experience of true nature for a moment somehow those the circumstances whatever it was maybe it's even you know sometimes i think it might just be random like or out of our control but somehow it looks like something caused it you know but whatever the situation is however it arose in that moment your ego your suffering your separate self fell away sufficiently that you saw 
who you were. Mm. And in that moment, you're like, oh, man. It's like, yeah, what like was nothing, I worried about? Nothing. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly like, what the hell have I been worried? What the hell? Right. Why, right. why I've been wasting so much energy with wishing shit was different. Yeah, exactly. I remember, um, this is maybe I don't know, five or six months ago, I was doing a presentation and um, I, I had this idea. There were 30 or 40 people in the audience. And I had an idea that uh, people, I asked the audience, come think about some problem, something that's really been bothering you. And I had the idea that, after a few minutes, we would bring somebody up and I would coach them and kind of, you know, show, do a demonstration for the audience. But before we did that, so they thought of their problem and then mm. we just kept talking. And, and very often, you know, when we begin to speak about this, this thing called true nature, to me, it's almost like we evoke it. It's like the, you could feel in the room, like the space shifts, it gets very still and it's palpable. People can experience that everyone seems to get a sense of it and so that we, I spoke for a few minutes and I noticed that space shifting and I just had this funny thought I asked the people in the room uh, go back think about the problem that you had a, a moment ago and they all got the same funny smile on their face you know like what problem like mm -hmm. nothing had changed in the world and yet what changed to them it, it didn't look, yeah, like what problem? It didn't look like a problem anymore. It suddenly didn't affect them the same way. Um, I'm going to play stupid here. Why not? What, like what really, did, what changed? Nothing changed in the outer world. So what, what did change that had them have this uh, collective smirk? <laughs> the collective smirk. What, what, um, what changed was just their shift in identification. They, nothing changed in the outside world. What changed was from a closer identification, if you will, with the true self, that nothing looks like a problem to us, just like your experience in Cabo. Yeah. It's, it's just not the same for us. We have a different relationship to the circumstances in our lives when we're connected with who we are. So if I want to have more of those epiphany sorts of experiences like I had in Cabo and I want to have them in my kitchen. Right. I just, I want to have them when I'm sitting here at my desk writing a blog or doing an interview. I want to have it when I'm sitting in the sun or, 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 or whatever. I always, what do I do? Well, how do I do that? What, what's the practice? Yeah. Well, you know, here's the funny thing and this is just me. So I'm not saying what anyone else should do. Um, I come from, you know, like I've been a meditator and I, you know, like I, there are endless techniques and tools and things like that, that can kind of quiet the mind and all this wonderful stuff. This is my current experience and whether it changes or not, I don't know, but this has been going on for maybe the past eight, eight or 10 months is the, the experience of, of true nature is truthfully the most natural thing in the world, you know? Um, which is kind of funny because it's, it's, I know there are people who have this experience like the harder we try, the more we seek, the more we strive, the further it seems to be from us, mm. right? Mm. Because the nature of the of this true self, of true nature is not seeking. It's we're already here. So, um, you know, for me, it's not about a technique. It's about, it's like what I call it. It's like looking in that direction. When we look in the direction of who we are, um, even if it's not obvious, even if we don't, even if the moon doesn't shine through the skylight and we feel like bathed in love or, you know, like we're, we're beginning to shift something. And I, I believe that it may cause shifts in the neurology and the brain and things like that. I can't speak to the specifics of it. Um, but that little by little, just by looking in that direction, uh, and it helps if you have someone who's kind of pointing for us, you know, it's, it's easier if, uh, someone can say, yeah, that's it. Because sometimes the ego gets a little tricky in here. You know, the ego is always going to fight for its existence. It's going to keep trying to squirm its way back in. So it's helpful to have a guide and there's many ways in that can take place. But, um, Little by little, just by looking in the direction of who we are. Uh, you know, I, I wrote a, a post yesterday for Facebook. It's like, you know, it, it, essentially what I said is it doesn't matter 
where we start the journey. So you can start the journey from way out in the world of separate self and separation. Or you can start the journey relatively aware and awake to who we are. It's not where we start that matters. It's which direction we're looking that matters. So if we start the journey in separate self, but we're looking towards true self, our feet tend to point in the direction we're looking. We start to move in that direction, you know? And, and so we just begin to see it more and more. We begin to have more and more of those glimpses of peace, of clarity, like you described. And again, it doesn't have to be the dramatic thing. It could be just a moment. Mm. Just suddenly you just feel the stress drop away for a second. And, you know, what, what just happened? I don't know. It's just, it's just the nature of it is that those glimpses begin to come more and more frequently. You know, you, you said something uh, earlier. I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it reminded me of um, something about it, Matt, like believing it matters and knowing it doesn't matter, something like that. Uh, oh, yeah, I'll, yeah. I, I think that, that might have been on the Facebook thing that we did, but go ahead. What was your question? Okay, well, what it, so yeah. I don't remember exactly what you said, but I'll just tell you. I'll remind you of yeah. it by telling you what it reminded me of. I'm a diehard Philadelphia Eagles fan. Right. Okay. okay. For those of you who are listening, if you happen to not know who they are, that's a football, American football team from Philadelphia where I grew up. And I, and I love them. <laughs> and I love hosting on Sundays, have tons of people come over. We have, you know, we have parties mm -hmm. and we get into it. And I can even hear my, I'm going into my Philly accent right now. Like we get, we get into it. And I, and I, yeah. like, if people saw my behavior on a football Sunday, they would go, that human is not qualified to coach anyone. That man is psychotic. <laughs> right. And, and what I say is that I love to believe that it matters. Mm -hmm. Right. It's a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's fun. Now, does my life depend on how the Eagles do? <laughs> of course not. Probably not. But you would think it did if you looked at me during a game. Right. Right? Because, and I let myself enter into the illusion that this really matters. Yep. Right? And I also like to remember that it actually, it just really doesn't. It's a source yeah. of entertainment. So do you remember what it was that you were talking about? Then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. We, we were talking about, um, I think, the definition of a game. Hmm. Okay. Um, and and I'll, I'll just kind of cut right into it. Uh, I have a definition of a game and it's really simple. Uh, a game is where you arbitrarily make one thing more important than something else. You made it up. Okay. So for example, you arbitrarily, whether you remember it or not in every moment, you made up that it's better when Philadelphia wins than when they don't win. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Okay. We, you know, to keep I, I didn't make it up. No. Who made I it up? I didn't make then? that up. That was, that was taught to me. I'm going to play. Right, but, I'm playing victim yeah, but, here. But, okay. but here's the thing, and this is a really good point. I grew up in Philly. You have to be a Philly fan. You get ostracized if you're not. I didn't make that up. I get it. But you have to make it up every minute for it mm -hmm. to still matter. So you're making me take ownership of this? I'm sorry, man. You know, it's tough. Right. Yeah, we all do, right? right. Yeah. It, it, listen, you can't, like, the, you're, we talk about this, right? If we, if we talk about, you know, this famous, the buzzword, the present moment, we can't live in memory. We either have a projected past or a projected future. Neither of those exist. So in order for you to, to create the experience of caring about, the, about Philadelphia winning or losing, you've got to create it now. It's the only place that it can exist is in this moment. Your experience in this moment is all that matters. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm doing that um, on purpose when the game right. starts. Right, I get it. And that's, I mean, I, it, this isn't a huge story. I mean, I don't know, you tell me, but it's, it's, it's probably not a huge source of suffering for you. It may seem like it in the game time, right? But the key here is that when we make up a game, whatever we make up, you know, we use another sports analogy. So we'll say, for example, um, I'm going to make up that it is better to hit the ball with the stick yeah. than to miss the ball with the stick. Right. 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 Now we got a game. Now, yeah, I didn't make that up. That was a rule that comes with that game, mm -hmm. but I'm going to agree. I'm going to make up that that makes, that's important to me too. Now we've got a game, right? We know what winning and losing looks like. Okay. Now, if I can remember 
that, I, that the, those rules are made up and that I agree to play in those rules, then I can play. And I can have fun, right? Because then I go, woohoo, yeah, I hit the ball with the stick, right? Or if I miss, I go, oh, man, I missed the ball that time. But I know it's made up. I don't forget that I made it up. So then why do I even give a shit about hitting the ball? Because that's the game that you made up. You make it important just for the sake of so this playing. This paradoxical. Yeah, go ahead. I know it doesn't matter, but I'm going to treat it like it matters, right? Like, so mm -hmm. like, I'm a professional athlete. I'm getting paid to score, uh, to shoot low scores as a, on the PGA Tour, right, as a golfer. Right, right. right? And um, it really looks like it matters to these guys, right? Yeah. And, and, and you listen to them, and my God, it matters. And you watch, yeah. you watch, you know, sometimes golfers, like, throwing clubs and stuff. That looks like it really matters. You know? And we have a name for that. What is that? We have a name when we forget that it's a game. And that is? We call, we call that work. <laughs> How fascinating. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I, you, that's my that's joke definition, but you know, other people may not use work. No, that's actually remarkably accurate because I can't tell you how many, it, it just like within the last two days, I don't remember who it was, but it, I was talking with a golfer and they said, I remember who it was. Um, yeah, former client of mine that plays on the European tour. We were talking um, about like golf has become work for him. Hmm. And it's a struggle. Yeah, struggle. That's exactly it. You know, work, struggle, you know, the effort, right? It's, they're all kind of tied together. Because I know any of your athletes will know this. When they're truly playing, right, when they stop caring, which seems paradoxical, like you say, right? Right. Seems like in those moments, any one of them is, I would guess, is going to tell you they're playing their best when they stop caring. That is totally paradoxical, and I, and I get that. But, but, I, yeah. but I'm, um, I'm imagining that a lot of people don't get that because of our, like you said, our, our conditioning, what we've been conditioned to believe that you need to, like, like exactly. no pain, no gain. No gain, exactly. That, that, that's like exactly. one of the stupidest phrases I've ever heard. It's so common because, because it's yep. completely contrary to every shred of human peak performance research. It, it, it's, and yet it is our conditioning to believe that, you know, um, I, um, I do my doing it for a long time. I'm sorry. You, you, I, had I don't know if you froze on the recording, but you froze on mic. You see, oh. what is it that you're doing for a long time? I said, I, yeah, I do martial arts. Martial okay. arts. Oh, yeah, I read that. Martial arts. that in your bio for like 30 years. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I almost got it to like 40, 40 already. 40. You All different know. styles, right? What are you, 41? <laughs> Sorry, when you're one? Um, I started when I was a baby. No, I'm 55. Okay. Uh, but so I had an experience. It's just recently. So we're in training in this particular system that I'm studying now. And we're in what we call plank position, which is like push-up position, you know, holding that position. Uh, I don't know. You know, we're in it for three, four minutes, and it's, it's hard. It's a, it's a difficult position to hold. Um, and there's pain in that, no question about it. Now, when I'm focused on the pain like a problem, in other words, I go into this state called resistance. Mm. Resistance is the domain of the separate self, of the ego. Wow. So I'm now in this position, and it hurts. And, you know, so what's going through my head? God, this sucks. When is this going to stop? Oh, God, my arms are shaking. I don't know how much longer I can do this. And then I had this, like, revelation, you know? What if I didn't resist the pain? What if I just allowed my experience in that moment to be exactly what it was? Because, you know, again, when I'm resisting the pain, in essence, I'm, like, projecting a future. I'm thinking, God, when is this going to be over? I don't think I can keep this up much longer. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to be the first guy to go down mm -hmm. the group, you know. Uh, what are people going to think of me? That's all a projected future. Get it? So mm -hmm. in that moment, I, did, I got out of the future, and I just got very clear. I got very present with my experience. And instead of resisting it, I just allowed it to be there. And it was the most amazing thing. It was like it felt like this energy like the pain that was concentrated in my arms and shoulders just kind of washed through my body. Wow. I, I don't even know. It was like all of a sudden, yeah, bring it on, man. I could, I could stay here all day. <laughs> That's what it felt like.
like all the resistance, all the pain, all the suffering, it's gone, just like that. And so that's a practical thing, right? Because less yeah. people say all this true self and, you know, it, it, it's, that's great, but I got to go out and, and work. Right. Yeah. This is the most practical thing that I see that human beings can do is to have a sense of who they are and to bring that sense. Again, what is the nature of, of, of ourselves, our true self? It is love, peace, clarity, wisdom. Yeah. Tell me where that wouldn't make, your, make you better at whatever it is you're doing. <clears throat> I'm walking into, say I'm, <clears throat> I'm a salesperson. Yeah, perfect. Right, and I have, um, I have uh, some review, some meeting. I'm going into, I'm going into the building. Right. And, uh, it's been a shitty quarter for us all, for my team. We really struggled mm -hmm. and we know, and I know we're about to get our asses reamed. Okay. And our boss is kind of harsh, right? My boss is kind of a dick. Yeah. And I, and I know that I might get singled out cause I struggled. Right. Unusually, like maybe I had an amazing quarter last quarter and I just sucked up this one. Right. What am I saying to myself as I'm walking in there? Oh man, I mean, you're projecting a future that sucks, right? You're projecting a future that's based in fear and worry and what's he going to say? And then maybe you get defensive, right? Like all of a sudden you start being resentful. Like you're walking in there thinking, who the hell is this guy? You know, who is he to judge me or, you know, whatever. So like you've created this adversarial relationship before he even walked in, before he even opened his mouth, you're already pissed at the guy. Yeah, but that's you know, how it's like, been. Why should I expect right. anything different? So now we, now we bring in the past, mm -hmm. you know? Uh -huh. So we can't even see him because now we, all we have is our past images of him. So this is all in, look, the further we get into that world, the further we get into worry and fear, this is just going to reinforce that separate self. It's going to reinforce the ego. It's going to reinforce the feeling of not enough. Okay. So let's say, say it's not a meeting live It's because they almost never are. <clears throat> just say it's a, mm -hmm. <coughs> it's a call. Right. It's a, it's a group mm -hmm. call. Right. And, uh, or, or video call, whatever, but I, all the other conditions are the same. Mm -hmm. And, um, so if I'm really truly committed to being my most amazing self, how do I want to be thinking going into that call? You know, it's like, I, I wish, again, I wish there was like a technique and, and th thoughts are tricky here, you know, but I, I get what you're asking. I, I don't know that like, at least the way I teach it, I, I, and you may be better answer this than I can, but because I don't necessarily like when I work with clients, I don't necessarily teach them thought ways to think and patterns like that. To me, it's more like, you know, if necessary, just take a breath. See, my, what I would tell people is notice where you are right in this moment. Like if you're feeling tense, if you're feeling uh, upset or worried, take a moment. Hopefully you've given yourself a few minutes before you walk in the door. So, because these things typically for most of us, because of the conditioning, they take a little bit of time to shift sometimes. Right. So, okay, yeah. so take a minute, notice like my experience is so let's change the question. Hold, hold your thought right there. I'm going to change the question. Okay. because I realized that my question wasn't, um, yeah, it was like, let me just rephrase it. Uh, I said, what do you want to be thinking? Let's just say, how do you want to be being? And that's kind of what I'm trying to answer anyway. Right, so that's right. cool. Um, it's like I, I believe that whatever – and this is, this is going to sound to some people maybe – honestly, it might sound batshit crazy, but I'm going to go for it. Okay, Good. Bring it. Um, bring it. I was hoping for um, it. Whatever your experience is in this moment, that's the experience that you should be having. So can you repeat if, that? Cause that, that's, yeah. that's huge, right? What, that's a, whatever your experience that you're having in this moment, that's what you should be experiencing. That's what you should be having. And it is the resistance that you're having to that experience that will cause suffering and will reinforce that experience. We've heard, we most of us have heard this said for years, right? What you resist persists. Yes. Because why is that just some cruel joke of the universe? I think that that's because the universe is saying, no, sit down. This is it. So if you're scared, be scared. But here's the trick. And this is the piece that people need to hear. Be scared, but let go of the story as to why. Whoa. All right. We got to slow that down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is big. So it's 
just the experience, okay? And the body gives us like the, the perfect opportunity to have that experience, feel the experience of fear. But don't get into the story. It's, we're not asking you to analyze your fear. I'm not asking you to, to, to figure it out. Oh, I'm scared because my dad used to talk to me. No, I don't care about any of that stuff. Just be scared. Let yourself experience it fully. And the moment you give yourself the gift of that experience, it begins to become something else. It doesn't have to stay as that. You know, when, when I, um, I studied in India at, uh -huh. at a place called the Oneness, Oneness University. Right, I know, I know. And, and one of the uh, big takeaways, and there were a handful of big takeaways, mm -hmm. was this one. <clears throat> Everything, when experienced fully, becomes joy. Exactly. And, and you know how I would say that? Um, and joy, love, peace, it's all the same, right? Yeah. It's the, what we're talking about is the true self. So everything you're experiencing in the separate self, whether it's pain or, or anger or fear, it's really, it's fear masquerading. I'm sorry, I say that differently. It's joy masquerading as fear. It's and already joy. Okay. So, uh, wow. Wow. This is, yeah, this is, this is great. Um, yeah, in, in the learnings, you're reminding me of one of the lessons where they were teaching us about all the different ego games that we play to avoid, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, like intellectualizing the, so, so we'll just stick with fear as an example, or any unpleasant mood. Right, right. Any unpleasant state. And we, <clears throat> we um, rationalize it. Well, it's not my fault. You know, I had mm -hmm. really shaming parents, you know, or, um, or we use humor to deflect it. Yep. Right. Or we distract ourselves or we self-medicate. Or someone comes along and tries to make us feel better. Right. Mm -hmm. Well-meaning saying, oh, no, no, oh, it's come on. Yeah. It's not that bad. You'll yeah. be fine. Let me, let me hear. Let me help you out of that experience. Right. right. Exactly. Let me, right. let me let take me you out of you the out present. Of that horrible experience. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. Or they commiserate. Oh, of course. You know, the boss is an asshole. Of course you're upset. Right. You know, let's further reinforce your experience of separation. <laughs> and, and as well-meaning as anyone could be yeah right we do this i call it innocently we do it because we care we don't do it sure. because we're you know but nonetheless here we are so okay so like you're uh let's create a scenario here this is this would be a great like snl skit but like you know, <laughs> you're, you're in the kitchen at, at the office at work and you're around the water cooler right and somebody's complaining that you guys all just got out of a meeting. The boss was really mean and somebody's commiserating. Oh my God, she's such a bitch. Why is she so? All right. So now as the enlightened, we'll put you in the character of the enlightened you know, <laughs> yeah. Zen monk employee instead of going, instead of aligning with them and reinforcing the illusion of the separate self, right. And separateness right. and pulling them out of the present. What might some, well, I don't know, pearl be that you drop. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, okay. So granted, I know you, you know this, this is not necessarily a coaching environment, right? So we're in the break room or someplace. Yeah, but you're close so, enough where it's cool to do that. Okay. Well, I mean, honestly. Or, or you I don't mean, care about that. Or maybe you don't give a shit about that. Just, well, yeah, fair enough. You, and you're like, I'm so committed to the truth, right? That I'm not going to reinforce. So okay. if, if you so, happen to in that moment choose to say something as opposed to just smile or nod, what might you say? Well, it might be one of two things. Again, depending on the scenario and, and what you feel or I felt in that circumstance is the most appropriate because there isn't a formula, obviously, right? So uh, it might really just be as simple as just really listening, you know, like real listening, not listening like for my turn to talk or till I can get out of there, but just giving somebody your full attention because when I show up like that for another human being, when I am truly present for another human being, it calls them to be more present. So it's going to, just by nature, they're going to move closer to who they are. That's beautiful. Yeah. Now, and then it might be in that moment. I mean, I don't think I've ever randomly said to someone, you know, well, just feel it more. You know, I mean, it's usually a context for that where we already have some relationship. But, I mean, you could say, well, what if you, again, this is not advice. Let's, let's say listen. that you were, so like, you're like the kazoo, you know, the, 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 the dude <laughs> that's on Fred Flintstone's shoulder. <laughs> I actually and, know who that is. That's hilarious. Yeah, I know. I had to say that because I, I don't think a lot of people know who the hell that is. But I would just say, like, like you know, you're like an invisible, supportive ghost 
right? Like a, um, mm-hmm. uh, a, a guardian angel coach. Okay. Okay. That's Perfect. Right. So the person is the person who you are guardian to is coming out of the meeting. They go into the kitchen, get some coffee, and they're just and they're just mumbling to themselves. God damn it! It's so annoying. The bitch was so mean. Yeah. And then, so it is your place to go. <clears throat> yeah. So what, what you know, you remind them. I mean, one of our. I know you're my both favorite people in the world, Steve Chandler. You know, yeah, I mean, you know, what would he say in a moment like that? He'd probably say something like slow down, you know, mm-hmm. slow down, right? Because our mind is buzzing now and our mind, our thinking, it's just not where we want to be. You know, our thinking is in that moment, not going to get us what we want. It's not going to help us be who we want to be. So to slow down, take a breath, you know, you know, and then allow yourself to have your experience. See, again, it's as crazy as it sounds. Whatever you're having, whatever experience you're having in a moment, in this moment, I love, um, you know, another person who I know you know, Byron Katie. Well, uh, I don't know her, but I'm, yeah. no, but, but you know who I'm talking about, yeah. loving what is, you know, yeah. and she truly is. I believe she's like one of my favorite human beings on the planet, and uh, one of the clearest human beings on the planet, I believe. And yeah, I agree. Um, you know, oh, so she has a, a statement that I've always kind of been like a motto for me, and that is that life doesn't happen to us. Life happens for us. Now, in, to me, at least, the way I see that, that's either 100% true or it's never true. You know? It can't be only true when things look good. You know? <laughs> oh, I got a raise. Life is happening for me. My girlfriend left me. Life is happening to me. No, it can't be that. But that's what we've been that's the, that's the conditioning. That's the cultural story. I get it. But what if we operated from life is always happening for us? Well, uh, let me play, can I play devil's advocate on that? Yeah, yeah, sure. I would turn into a, a wuss. I would become complacent. Right. I get it. I'd yeah, be just a goddamn pushover. Yeah. Um, right. I get I rear-ended. Say, I get rear-ended. I was obeying the law. I didn't do anything fucking wrong over there. Right. Well, this, okay. So let's Jack use Wagons that. on their text. Just texting on their phone. They rear end me. What the hell? Right. Okay. Oh, that's happening so, for me. Well, okay. You know, and, and here's the thing. It's like, yes. And we don't have to pick the hardest one first. You know what I mean? Well, because, I, I, I was, I was going medium ground there. I was, okay. Yeah. That is medium ground. But still for some people, that's a pretty big stretch to see okay. how getting rear ended is. But let's go back to the simple thing for a second. Let's go back to, I'm feeling fear right now, okay? So if I'm feeling fear or anger, whatever it is, and I can, because now it's, I mean, and let's, let's assume it's not, I'm not raged, enraged. I'm just, I'm a little angry, right? My boss said something in the meeting that maybe I didn't think was fair. Yeah. So I'm not like ready to kill him, but I'm, I, I feel pretty annoyed that he said that to me in front of the people, whatever. Um, if I could slow down enough now, Again, if I could be present enough to say, wait a second, not forget what the boss did. Just in this moment, I'm having this experience of anger. How is that experience that I'm having right now for me? How is that happening for me? Because I believe it is. So now if I give myself the gift of slowing down enough to experience that anger as it is, just like you said, what does it become? It becomes joy. It becomes peace. Now, it doesn't happen, you know, for people who try this at home one time and they say, oh, shit, it didn't work. Yeah, you know, so it may take, a little, may take a little practice, honestly. But I can tell you from my own experience, that is, you know, it, it does always eventually turn into that. If you stay with it, it'll happen much faster. Um, I and think it'll never happen, though, if I stick with the story, which is, never. is, is, right. which is um, he was mean he, or he was unfair. Yep. Right. Exactly, which is what we said before, right? You got to experience it without the story. Without the story. So just right. let go. Okay. So, oh, okay. All right. So, <clears throat> yeah, right. So, um, separate the emotion from the, the, the language about it. The, like, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. That story. So, it's like, that's stop, the story. Stop talking to yourself about it and just hold the charge. Yeah, like exactly. The language that they, they used at Oneness, which is hold the charge. Yeah. Right. Uh, That's right. it. So in this case, it would be like, um, I don't know, I get fear, whatever, anger, yeah, frustration, but yeah. hold the charge. Now, you can't really do that, though. Like, you have to go, like, you got stuff to do. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes, you, you know, like ideally in, in, a, in, a, in the world you can. And again, this is why we practice because okay. I, what, I might call this is, you know, you learn to hold yourself still. You learn to hold still in the feeling. We want to run from, from it. Why? Because it's uncomfortable to be in anger or fear. That's why we go into our heads. We go into the story and rather than holding it in here where it can actually do something for us, like we're talking about, we project it out there. I blame you, I blame the boss, I blame someone else. Now I'm in my head, I'm projecting some kind of story out into this separate self, objective world, and I am not experiencing anymore what is actually true for me in that moment. What's true in that moment is I'm fucking pissed. That's what's there, okay? You know, but then what comes up? A story, right? Either a story about you, that you're who may be pissed, or a story that there's something wrong with me. I shouldn't be pissed, you know? I'm a spiritual person. Spiritual people don't get angry, right? Yeah, good luck. Good luck with that, yeah. you know? Yeah. You know, uh, spiritual people get angry. You know, Gandhi used to get angry all the time. Uh, I, Martin Luther King, you name it. There's all kinds of stories about these people being angry. Yeah. They've just gone berserk in the temple. Exactly. You know, so it's not anger that it's a problem. It's anger when we attach a story to it and we identify with the story. So I'm just so freaking angry. Not, and then don't go because he. Right. Or, right. So it's like, yeah. oh, I'm just so angry and leave it at that. It becomes a door. That feeling becomes a door into something else. It may not become joy immediately. There may have to be some transitional steps. But you'll notice it. it ultimately, first, here's the trick. Okay, this is the thing. When you first go there, see, we've got to be careful here because we're not prescribing a method to feel better. You know, like all these techniques, there's a thousand million techniques in the separate self world of how to feel better. Mm. How to, how to mitigate the anger. And I'm saying just the opposite. I'm saying go into it. So what's going to happen? When you feel it, it's going to feel worse. You're going to feel more angry, more tense, more of, of whatever. And the, that's a sign that you're moving in the right direction, that it starts to feel worse. And guess what? Guess what? You can handle it. People think they can't handle it. You can. You are built for this. That's who we are. So we sit with it long enough and it will begin to change. Now, here's the thing. Even if, like you said before, we don't have all day to sit and, you know, kind of contemplate our navels, right? So maybe you give it literally, you say, I'm really pissed. Okay, I just need 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. Don't tell me you can't find 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. you know? So I'm going to sit, you know, hopefully not in the middle of everything. Maybe you sit in your car before you, you know, turn the key. And you say, I'm just going to sit for 30 seconds and just experience this anger. <sighs> And then you turn the key and off you go. Now, that may not be enough to completely reverse it, but you will notice something's changing, okay? The term emotion, energy in motion, that's what it means. I don't know if that's technically accurate, but that's how I always see it. It's not supposed to stay stuck like a fist in your chest. It's supposed to be energy moving. Like we're designed like an animal, right? Like if your dog... You know, you pull your dog's tail. He might go rawr, and bark at you and be angry for an instant. Yeah. And then he's done with it. You know, he doesn't have to carry it around all day. He's not <laughs> going to his dog friends talking about the kid who pulled his tail. Right? <laughs> he's done. You know, I used to say all the time, like the gazelle that gets chased by the lion. Um, you know, there's one of two outcomes that's going to happen there. Right. Either it's going to get away or it's not. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't get away, his problems are over. If he does get away, his problems are over. He's not going to spend the rest of his life like in gazelle therapy <laughs> talking about the lion that almost got me. Oh, my yeah. God. That's great. And then we get into the whole fight or flight thing and the brain chemicals and the nervous system response that becomes wired into us that then causes us to be more predisposed to those reactions. Mm. You know? So, so the nature, again, like the gazelle – he goes into that fight or flight response to escape. That's the nature of it. It's supposed to help you run or fight for your life. Mm. That is a brilliant response to an actual emergency. Mm. It's just a terrible way to live your life. Wow. You know? 
that's that's boom boom <laughs> yeah i think that's a good that's a good point for us to take a break and, and i mean that. it's been an hour i know right right yeah <clears throat> wow dude i i am so glad i know you and um <laughs> I, i'm better right now um as a consequence of this conversation so thank you for the way you're showing up and and what you're bringing uh to the world and and thanks for your friendship and thanks for showing up today and being a guest and um and, and really shedding what I, what i just experienced to be like a relief mm. like that's an experience that i'm having now as a, as a result of our, our dialogue here is like uh, mm. that's great that's that's perfect right yeah that's like I've, i hope there are people out there watch or listen to this that can say that that's that's perfect yeah like you just you just reminded me you kind of just like resuscitated me from um well i guess unnecessary suffering i guess would be a way to say it right yeah well you know what it's all relative right suffering doesn't mean like there's some actual thing happening and we're walking around like just constantly freaked out by it. It could just be that, that's why I said in the very beginning, right? Like any experience, even if it's just a small amount of separation from our true nature, which mm. if we're walking around on this world, we have some degree of separation, greater or little, mm. uh, that is suffering. That is the only true suffering is the experience of separation. Yeah. So if in this conversation we move a little bit closer, we lessen our suffering. Amen. Well, thanks Amen. for that. Where where would you like people to um, follow you or get in touch with you? Oh well, um, I mean, you know, hell, give me a call. <laughs> I still answer okay. my phone. All right, all right. I'll put your contact. <laughs> Just say the number. Okay. Well, yeah, okay, you can do that because there are some folks okay. that are listening only listening to this okay. podcast. Yeah, that never see Opera- those. Operators are standing by uh, <laughs> me, <laughs> and my number is five one two. Five eight four nine zero seven five. That's my phone number. You know, call me up, pick up the phone, and um, uh, my website is Energy Rich Living, Energy Rich Living dot net. We didn't talk too much about all that energy and all that stuff today. That's we'll have to let's, do that another time. Let's have that. Okay, so mental note. That's to be our to be continued pickup point. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, there's so much more to talk about. Yeah, we do. You're damn right yeah. we do. And then Facebook or any other social media? Um, yeah, I mean, just you know, look me up. Facebook, my name, Fred name? Blum, B-L-U-M. Yeah. Uh, all right. Other social media someday. <laughs> I know that'd be okay. great if I could get a, a whole bunch well, of... Well, you like, are. You're on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. Yeah, you can I'll put all that stuff in there. I'll put all that in there. Yeah, it's in there. Yeah. All right, brother. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Yeah, me too. Thank you. You too, Chris, so much. All right, brother. Talk to you. All right, peace.